you know, I already assumed months out of, like, months in advance that Gavin Newsom would be recalled. And I remember originally, what was it, like, 2019, early 2020, I believe, the the petition started all over online to recall Gavin Newsom, and Gavin Newsom himself joked about it, like, oh, ha, ha, it's just Trumpers, you know, no real Californians are signing this, ha, 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 ha. Uh, and now that little petition is at full fucking force right now, and the recall election is, like, what, next week or the week after? It's right around the fucking corner, and Gavin Newsom went full American psycho on that fucking bitch. He did an interview very recently, and I'll be playing you this interview, too, don't worry about it. And he just starts cackling and threatening, you better be damn nice, everybody's hating this fucking city, and this fucking state, and you're harassing da 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 and then every time he does like the Kamala Harris response most of the time where he starts laughing at the uncomfortable questions and it's really really fucking uncomfortable to watch but we're gonna sit through it and we're gonna enjoy well as much of it as we fucking can I'm gonna stop in here and there and this I'm not gonna play the whole thing you know at least not ideally now I might get caught up and play the whole thing but I remember in the beginning it was uh Caitlyn Jenner, she seemed like the front runner for it, right? She was on Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson talked about her. And I don't want people, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get shit for this. I don't want people with that kind of mental disorder or attention for clout like Caitlyn Jenner has to, I want to really calling him Caitlyn Jenner. The reason I'm calling the dude Caitlyn is because, you know, most people don't know him by the name Bruce, I don't think. My whole theory on that is the reason he transitioned to begin with was because, you know, the TV show about him was fading off, uh, about his kids were starting to fall off, and the only one of his kids that was really getting attention at the time was uh, was uh, Kim, because she was married to Kanye at the time. Also, RIP to that, but the Dota shit sounds like it's going to be fire, and you check that out still. Um, so I think he had the sex transition in, like, what was it, 2016? And... Fuck, man. I think it was all for attention grabbing because we have audio. Let's see if I can find it. All right. So I guess it's from a book. Nothing that was actually set out in public. I, I searched it in and all I could find was this book and uh, a little thing from the New York Post. It's a journey that we're all on. Transgender icon Caitlyn Jenner has contemplated transitioning back to a man, according to the author of a new Kardashian tell-all. Ian Halperin, who wrote Kardashian Dynasty, the controversial rise of America's royal family, alleges to the wrath that... That's the saddest shit I've ever heard. The rise of America's royal family. Ugh. Multiple sources told him Jenner has been miserable for months in the aftermath of her transition last year. One source confirmed to me Caitlyn has made whispers of sex change regret, hinting she might go back to being Bruce Jenner. The reality star, 66, revealed last year that she experienced some apprehension after undergoing the surgery, telling Vanity Fair she had a brief panic attack during her first day of recovery. What did I just do? She recalled thinking to the magazine, what did I just do to myself? A rep for Jenner did not immediately respond to the Daily News request for comment on the rap's report. See, like, I remember hearing about all that shit in 2016, and that was like, I guess it happened a year earlier, in 2015, whatever. God, I kind of missed the days in like 2007, 2006, when the Kardashians were just like this sitcom reality TV show you'd watch on like TLC or some shit. Jersey Shore was still on. Schnooky, bang, bang. And, you know, you're and me. I was a little kid sitting on YouTube watching, like, 
fucking Ask the Sonic Heroes. If anybody knows, it was like Sonic Song 182, I believe was the name of the channel. God, did I get that right? I gotta find out. I hope I didn't get that right. I'll be fucking embarrassed. Uh, this whole podcast should be kind of an embarrassment to me. Ooh. Hansen has a meltdown. Or Hassan has a meltdown. I'll check that out. Anyway. Oh, I hate myself. They still post shit? No. God damn, the last post was from three days ago. And they still do the Ask the Sonic Heroes thing. God damn, I'm out. I regret that. Actually, I'm doing a another podcast where I'm just going over the list of YouTube channels I, I watch all the time and the ones that are dead to me and why they're either ones I watch pretty regularly or ones that I can't fucking stand but used to love. H3 is on the... I'll let you guess which one H3 H3 is on. Oh, burn of a bear. Let's get to the topic of the day's episode so we can get off me remembering the name of that channel so well. I hadn't thought about that shit in like 10 years. Oh my god. Anyway, I just wish we go back to the days when they were just a reality TV show and not like... Kim Kardashian wasn't considered to be a potential future uh, first lady. And Caitlyn Jenner was still Bruce with no inclinations of taking the mentally deranged ass of the California govern- governorship. Now, I will admit, when I heard Caitlyn Jenner, I'm like, that's fitting. That's the Republican that state deserves. Because I remember instantly the fucking, I went out, she went out for a joyride in her, like, beautiful roadster, actually. But she wore a Make America Great Again hat and immediately tucked dick between her, I don't know, tucked female dick right up against her bussy, and apologize. Like, oh, I didn't realize the hat I was wearing. Really, bitch? With all the makeup and everything you applied to yourself, you just threw a red hat on and didn't think twice about it? Bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. And then, uh, that one actor, uh, what's his name? Actually, I kind of agree with some of his political takes. I just can't think of his fucking name right now. Uncle Eddie. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid's got some good takes. I'm not going to lie. Then again, so does uh, Ventura, that old WWE wrestler. He's got some good takes, too. Now, these are candidates you wouldn't expect. And, you know, I don't usually like the idea of having celebrities in politics. I like politics to be as boring as possible. It's just we haven't been able to have politics as, as normal for about um, going on three presidents now. Fortunately. I'm sure since 9-11 you really have had normal politics or boring politics. You've had this kind of like culture of political idolism around a lot of presidents and shit. Unfortunately. But you know what I did not see coming out of California? Larry fucking elders taking the fucking torch and racing with it holy shit larry elder's approval with the most with like common californians liberal and republican alike isn't like almost 60 percent pop favorability and that's just for the people they actually polled and it was like a massive margin too i think they pulled like three thousand people as rasmussen holy shit you know, I never listen to him on the radio, but I've watched his YouTube channel for a long time. He's actually on the list that I'm going to be making, too. 
The only reason I'm making the list is because I saw the federal government was making a list, so I thought I'd make my own list. It's not all politics, though. You'll, you might be surprised by some of the people on there. Hopefully. Maybe not. But I was not expecting Larry Elders to be the front runner to recall Gavin Newsom. That shit blew my fuck. I was meaning like, ah, man, that'd be nice. I hope so. And then it happened, right? And now you've seen articles calling Larry Elders the black face of white supremacy? What? I'll reread that article. Don't worry. But in a recent, and you know Gavin Newsom is terrified, right? Because he did an interview recently. And he starts, like, threatening the fucking person interviewing him. I'm not even kidding. Like, he just goes unhinged and starts laughing and threatening people and all sorts of fucking crazy shit. It was insane. I'm going to play you some of the interview right now, actually. All right, folks, sit back and enjoy this shit show. And this interview was uh, Governor Gavin Newsom proved testy in an interview with members of the statewide McClathy editorial board, cursing repeatedly at his administration's successes amid probing over the state's lackluster condition ahead of September 14th recall. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state. Governor, California has the nation's highest housing costs, highest gasoline prices, and highest utilities. Wage growth has been spectacular in the Silicon Valley, but not so much for areas along the coast and in some inland areas. In a very real sense, the California dream is more like a mirage for people grinding it out day after day. How do you make the case that you, as governor, can deliver the California dream to all Californians? Well, let's talk about what we all saw number one in, Stephanie. And guys, forgive me, I, I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot from you folks for a lot of months, so it's nice to be able to express myself too. But I do it with deep pride in this state as a Californian, not as a, I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks, could happen in a few years. I love this damn state. We're number one in job creation, tenfold the American economy. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties. Back to the interview. At a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle-class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class Californians? Look that up. That's a fact. I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. Because I care about working folks. You care about working folks, and yet, and yet, you you ask Californians during your drought, which let's face it, your Cal your state has been in a drought for the last five years, and you know when I hear wild forest fires break out in California, I'm like, when did they stop? I feel like the state has been perpetually on fucking fire for years. Maybe that's just me, but every time I look at California, it's either homeless people shitting in the streets, people getting kicked out of their homes, or a forest fucking fire. Right? Like, that seems to be the things I always see. I look over at California, like that, and all the pedophiles in Hollywood. But Gavin Newsom asked people to cut their water usage by 15%. But, but, oh, by the way, not only does he tell people to reduce their water uses, he actually sends police to people's homes if they routinely exceed that amount. 
just to harass them, not to find them or give them shit, but to actually, oh, like harass them. You know, not not to give them a ticket, not to arrest anybody, just to give them shit and harass them. But here you go, from the U.S. Sun, you know, the Sun, that liberal outlet. Let's fucking have some fun with this. Grapes of wrath. California Governor Newsom orders Central Valley wineries to close, but keeps his open. California Governor Gavin Newsom on Wednesday ordered wineries in 19 counties to close amid surging coronavirus, but his own winery in the heart of these 19 is staying open. Newsom made the announcement after the Golden State reported a nearly 50% increase in coronavirus in the past two weeks. This article is written by Nicole Dara, July 3rd, 2020. <laughs> Indoor operations at restaurants, wineries, and tasting rooms, family under, uh, family entertainment centers, movie theaters, zoos, museums, and card room gambling businesses were all ordered to shut down. The updated coronavirus restrictions apply to 19 counties, including Los Angeles, that have been on the state's monitoring list because of an increasing number of cases in the last three straight days. But as noted by California's KMPH-TV, which is a local news station out there, Newsom's Winery and Tasting Rooms in Napa Valley, uh, Plump Jack Wines, is still and is staying open. The winery's website explains Newsom founded Plump Jack Wines in 1992 as his first business. Quote, Over the next decade, the Plump Jack Group began to grow under his leadership to include many of the restaurants, wineries, and retail establishments in his current portfolios. The wine, end quote. The winery's next available tasting is this Tuesday, per the venue's website, which explains it in their new rules and guidelines amid the pandemic. Customers are doing tastings by appointment only for groups with six people or less, and both employees are required to wear masks in all public areas while guests must wear a face covering, quote, when not seated at their designated tasting area, end quote. The tasting rooms are also going through an enhanced cleaning measure. And the winery said all guests have access to the area to properly wash their hands. Quote, each tasting flight, tasting flight, that's actually how it's written, will be pre-poured upon the arrival to avoid unnecessary close proximity between our teams and guests, the winery said. Guests will also be given sanitized glassware and no dump buckets will be provided. Newsom's winery Plump Jack Wines remains open, but this is only offering private tasting. Meanwhile, other ones were completely forced to shut down entirely and cease all function, but not Newsom's. No, 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 no. Can't, can't keep money out of my pocket, motherfucker. No, fuck y'all. According to KMPH, Newsom owns stock in Plump Jack Group as well, which includes a winery in Napa Valley, Oakville, which is in the heart of the 19 that he had shut down. The news outlets reported that Newsom's 2018 tax filing showed he and his wife own multiple mass shares in the group, which brought a combination of salary of almost 600000 in 2018. 
As of Wednesday, Napa County, where the winery is located, had reported 344 coronavirus cases, which was not included in the list of 19 counties. Interesting. Well, the state has seen a surge in corona in COVID-19 coronavirus virus related hospitalizations have increased 43% over the past 2 weeks, startling officials. Newsom's new restrictions announced on Wednesday took effect immediately and will last for at least the next 3 weeks. 14 days flat the curve, folks. Fucking year and some change into it like almost 2 years now. Fuck me. On Tuesday, Newsom state uh, state officials will be looking at health orders more broadly beyond the 4th of July. Yeah, they shut down beaches and everything, and people rioted. The governor also announced that he's creating a strike team to enforce business closures and will target non-compliant workplaces. How about your own, motherfucker? I love it. Andrew Schultz invited him out for a glass of wine, and he was like, let's get a glass of wine. Your wine. Let's see. And we'll go to Snopes, right? Snopes. Because the thing we don't like about Snopes, they'll be like, Did Joe Biden bomb Syria wearing a blue tuxedo? False! The tuxedo is green. All you'll see is the false, and you won't read past it most times. Where California wineries ordered to close indoor operations while Newsom remained open. Oh, mostly true. What's true? In July 2020, Newsom ordered indoor operations closure for businesses in 19 counties, which did not include Napa County. Okay, my bad. Where wineries in which he has financial stake were located. Where wineries he does not? Oh, okay. Were located. At that time, Napa had fewer COVID cases than most counties. Okay, let me... Newsom ordered indoor operations closures for businesses in 19 counties, which did not include Napa County, okay, where wineries in which he has a financial stake were located. At that time, Napa had fewer COVID-19 cases than most counties. What's false is Newsom's winery is not open currently due to a, cl- due to a December 2020 shutdown. And what's undetermined, it is not clear that Napa County was expect was exempt because of the governor's personal business interest. And then down here we have, hey, fu- <laughs> hey, fuck doll at Gavin Newsom. I just landed in Cali. Let's grab a glass of vino. Hashtag Schultz saves America. Plastic. California governor and inflatable fuckdoll Gavin Newsom ordered wineries in 19 counties to close. You know what Gavin didn't order close? His own fucking winery. Nothing says man of the people like owning a vineyard. There's a drought in California and Gavin is hosing down his grapes like they're striving for civil rights in Selma. These dorks (laughs) can't even follow their own rules. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi, who looks like she got a facelift from a taxidermist, was caught getting her Pan Am perm at a local hair salon that she ordered to shut down. And it turns out being a piece of shit politician goes both ways, like Andrew Gillum in a motel meth orgy, which actually would have helped him win Florida. Plastic California governor. Uh, Andrew Schultz, man, we may disagree very strongly, but. 
God damn, do I love how Andrew Schultz words shit. I love his stand-up, man. He's a he's an example of a comedian who managed to just fucking explode when stand-up comedy was shut down. Anyway, back to the interview. That's a fact. I'm also proud of the fact that this state has almost tripled its earned income tax credit to allow working families to keep more with their I'm proud of the fact that three quarters of tax filers are getting a tax rebate, the largest in American history, $12 billion. I'm proud of the fact that small businesses are getting $4 billion in grants, not loans. I'm proud of the fact we're paid 100% of back rent, 100% going back to April last year, 100% through September 30th this year, 100% of your back utilities and back water bills, because you're right, those bills have stacked up. I'm proud of the fact, you didn't mention it, Stephanie, that most electric bills are lower in the state, even though our per unit costs are higher, which you're right to note. But you didn't mention the bills, which are lower because of our energy efficiency and our low carbon green growth plants. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have the back of working families and we're focused on workforce housing in the middle class. I'm proud of the fact that poverty was declining consistently before the pandemic. Not a lot of headlines about that. And let me close on this, because this is important, because we don't talk enough about blue collar jobs. You reference it. You look at the next top 10 states. I know you're going to put a fact this, and I know you're going to find something and you'll run with it. And I'll look forward to seeing what I screwed up. It's all at the top of my damn head. I like how he at least admits that there's going to be shit proven wrong and debunked as what I kind of just did. So I'll stipulate that. <laughs> but I think you look at the next 10 states, the next highest 10 manufacturing states, blue collar, American, backbone, factory states. The last five years, our GDP growth is 13% in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California, dominating all those other damn states. I care about egg like the best of them. Man, Tad Garth, I've been in back. I, hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed to get broadband to every one of his damn constituents. I was there in Fresno and near Bakersfield with those same Republicans that wanted to cut Medicaid for all those people expanding it to those same constituents in their backyard. I've been in the Central Valley, not for symbolism substance. I care deeply about the valley. I'm there on a weekly basis, making announcements to address these issues. But I'm. If you're wondering why he sounds like a robot occasionally, it's because he's angry. He's turning red like a tomato, and he's smacking his desk. And you make, you see his camera just. His camera shakes more like Michael J. Fox on a with a vibrator up his ass, cranked to max volume. That's how bad his camera's shaking. I'm proud of the fact our ag, our fishing. And our logging industry is bigger than the next five states combined. That's California. It's not, Stephanie, just Silicon Valley. It's that and Silicon Valley. This is not, we're number one in all those categories. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success, and I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive 
liabilities. Oh, yeah, you're so successful. That's why people are just moving to your state in droves from Texas, right? Oh, yeah, man. I remember how Joe Rogan moved from Texas back to California. Yeah, you're doing great. There's not a mass migration out of California. California's fine. And that's why we're trying to address them. But I also think there's a lot to be proud of in this American dream of which there's only one state with its own, and that's the California dream. Forgive me, Stephanie. I think it's still alive and well. Let's see. Oh, that's from uh, the San Jaquan Valley Sun. Or the San Jaquan Valley Sun. Oh, here we go. From the Sacramento Bee. I I was having a hard time finding the full interview for some reason. Now that I'm using... It's funny. I'm using DuckDuckGo, and I I couldn't find the fucking thing. Now, or uh, I was using Google, and I couldn't find the fucking thing on YouTube. I'm not saying that there's any connection. Maybe it was just like a weird issue I was having with the searching. But when I researched, it came right on up. Governor, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Colleen McCain-Nelson. I'm the executive editor of the Sacramento Bee. And I wanted to kick things off by asking you to tell us what you think is at stake um, in this recall. And my question is, what do you think the consequences would be for California if you were recalled? And what might follow for the state if, say, Larry Elder, Kevin Faulkner, or John Cox were sworn in as governor? Dude, you watch this interview. He as soon as she mentions Larry Elder, his face fucking contorts into like rage. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll leave it to more objective minds, yours and others, to to really assess that. My my sense is trying to be as objective as someone uh, that's the target of this recall as I possibly can be. I, I think it'll be quite pronounced for many many years. I think it'll, it'll be felt all across the country. Uh, I think that people really haven't thought that through. I don't think they're asking that question. I don't think the National Democratic Party is asking themselves that question. Uh, I think the con- What I find interesting, and I will throw this out here as sort of a devil advocate thing. These governors, right? Newsom, Whitmer, um, uh, de Blasio, and more, less de Blasio and more, uh, more Cuomo. They were all held up on this pedestal, right? Like, like these are the greatest. You're going to be president one day. Oh, my God. And a mess. And now that Biden's in, man, why are they all getting thrown under the bus so hard? Gretchen Whitmer is facing impossible recall. Not to mention she's being blasted by multiple people. Even the Biden administration has released shit where they bash her. Then you got fucking Cuomo. And, oh, my God, I already did an episode on that motherfucker. And, yeah, you know what? I'm going to address this right now. I got some shit because I quoted Tyler the Creator, uh, Yonkers lyric about, uh, about, um, ah, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. He's a director. Oh, well, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I said the lyric verbatim and some people got really mad. Like, you can't say that white boy. And you know what? Fuck you. I did. Spike Lee. Yeah. You can tell Spike Lee something. Right, I said the full thing because not gonna like tell and tell Spike Lee he's a goddamn N-word. That's fucking garbage. I'm gonna say the full fucking quote. And if you don't like it, unsubscribe or leave a thumbs down, bitch. That's how I roll here. Consequences of having the second incumbent governor of California recalled the last three to see the weaponization of the recall process be as effective as a successful recall effort here would 
weaponize the recall process even more than it currently is with DAs and city council members and school boards. Uh, I think the opportunity for the Republican Party with the midterm elections coming up. Oh, yeah, I did finish that. Yeah. I wonder if there is some pre-planned thing behind the scenes in the deep state that are just saying fuck all these governors because now in hindsight they're more liable their liabilities because of their actions and we gave them like immunity from everything for the longest time. They did so much sketchy shit that people just you know got enraged and turned off by him that you know now we have to get rid of them because they're they're a threat to the Democratic Party and our ability to you know grow the party from here. You've already seen Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, and other people in the inside come out and they said, like, there's no way in hell if things don't change that we can successfully recreate what happened in 2020. And uh, what? You get people to vote for you fairly? Honk, honk, clank, clank. Anyway, into the interview. In Kevin McCarthy's backyard, in Nancy Pelosi's state, in Kamala Harris's home state, with California and the values we profess and practice that would be judged in a different light if this was a successful recall, I think it would have profound consequences nationwide and go to not just politics, but to policy and policy making. Uh, it would go deep to issues of immigration, climate policy, healthcare, broadly defined, situationally like COVID, but even beyond that, uh, I think its repercussions would be felt next year in a governor's race uh, for election and beyond. So uh, I think it's a very good question, and it's one that I hope people start asking themselves and begin the process to ponder and answer. Thank you, Governor. Our next question will be asked by Yusef Beg. Well, Governor, I appreciate the time. Good to be with you. Um, I wanted to kind of get a, a little bit of a self-assessment, if you would, um, and just kind of, if we could, you know, maybe take the French laundry fiasco out of the mix. Do you feel like your actions and decisions of governor? Oh, yeah, by all means. Don't bring up that incident with the fucking shutdown. Yeah, no, 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 no. Leave, like, the most blatant elephant in the room out of it. I see you. Uh, would rise to a level where a recall um, is a fair response from the voters? No, not at all. Look, you don't like me, you have a chance to vote me out, started the primary next year. But we elect people for terms, two-year, four-year terms, you know. And yet you were one of the people championing both of the impeachments for Donald Trump. Yet you're sitting here like, you know, we have, you elect people for four years, two years, and you, you should just wait till you can vote them out next time, fairly, so they can complete their term. Bitch! Bitch. Oh, come on. Oh, look, the Sacramento Bee. Gavin Newsom, all for impeaching Trump. California Assembly urges President Ouster. Yeah. I'm not subscribing so I can read your bullshit, you fucking twat munch. 
from July 13th, 2017. I almost said 2017. Can you imagine being in that year? Maybe things get better. Who knows? It's fucking loading. Newsom, Congress should impeach Trump. I don't know why it's just not loading. Comcast, I have Xfinity. The fuck, man? You're supposed to have my back, man. Oh, oh. Ah. Gavin Newsom. Delane Estin and Delane Estin say Congress should begin the impeachment proceedings against President Donald J. Trump. Gavin Newsom and Delane Estin. Estin. Easting? The former state superintendent of public uh, instruction, that's creepy, that sounds creepy, said in a response to inquiries from the Bay Area News Group that they believe Congress should begin impeachment proceedings against Trump immediately. But Antonio Velasquerioso, I didn't say that right, the former mayor of Los Angeles and state treasurer John Chang are sounding more cautious notes saying they need additional evidence first. Oh, you don't say. Let's see, where's the Newsom quote? Is there a Newsom quote I can just find in here? I want to find the Newsom quote. Uh, he. But the proposal is finding support. On the campaign trail, Newsom, who has led in the polls for the 2018 governor's race, basks in the idea of starting impeachment proceedings, his campaign says. Quote, he does believe it is time to pursue impeachment, said spokesperson Dan Newman. Quote, he thinks that while impeachment should never be casually invoked as a, as a political tactic, President Trump's actions are so egregious and his rhetoric so deceitful that we should begin the process to obtain facts and truth. I absolutely support members in Congress drawing up articles of impeachment against Donald Trump, she said in emails, citing what she said were Trump's conflicts of interest. His travel ban? Yeah. Uh, from countries that had high terrorist attacks and high terrorist populations. Totally. We should, be able, we should allow travel from there. What's 9-11, right? His campaign conclude his campaign collusion with Russia debunked. Debunked hard after a four hundred million dollar impeachment trial. Where Nancy Pelosi spent like fourteen grand of your tax dollars to buy little impeachment pens she hung out she handed out all over DC. That's a real thing that happened. And the firing of FBI swamp creature James Comey. Yeah, the guy that said there was nothing to worry about or investigate when the NSA was uh, using Love Int to spy on intimate romantic partners of NSA agents where no one got fired or removed? You're right. I wonder why James Comey got fired. Quote, We cannot allow one, one petty man to destroy the democracy that so many have given their lives to defend. Jesus. Yeah. After the 2020 election, it is quite fun to read that. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But for some reason, my recording software just kept glitching out on me. I just did a full reset on the computer. 
So I, I think I got all the segments relined back up properly. If there's some weird jumping or editing here or there, or, or like jump audio jump cuts, it's my bad. Completely on me. Feel free to point out in the comment section. I listened through is most of it. I already have like 45 minutes of audio here. So, you know, I did like the the listening skimming. I just like click it 10 minutes ahead, 10 minutes ahead, 10 minutes ahead. See if it sounds relatively consistent or not 10 minutes, but like five minutes ahead at a time. See if it sounded consistent. But anyway, back to the article, back to the interview. Uh, and, you know, this kind of process, this, this is a sixth effort. Uh, predates, as you know, the pandemic. It's interesting to me. It's always curious how few people actually read the petition that was signed, including, respectfully, uh, members of the media that that talk about what this is about. When, in fact, uh, they're pretty clear what it was about on the petition, but it often doesn't match what some of the punditry suggests. I, I think you got to take them at their word what it's about. About immigration, it's about the initiation of this. Heatley and others had been very honest. We didn't like his position on universal health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status, up to the age of 26. I can only imagine what they felt. Actually, I don't have to imagine. I watched some of the news networks the last 24 hours, what they felt when I signed the bill in Fresno two days ago, extending that health care to everyone 50 and over. And I like I want to jump in real quick. The dis this has thirty six thousand eight hundred sixteen views. It was published two days ago. It has two hundred seventy seven likes, two point three thousand dislikes, and all the comments are just ripping him to shreds. Right here he goes this guy. The very first comment from two weeks ago. Oh, this is two weeks old. Okay. Says this guy is literally the fucking bad guy in a movie. And Larry Elder is the hero, and it's all these comments down here. Man, yeah, even the responses are ripping them apart. Yeah, they try to block him, saying he didn't complete the paperwork correctly, and didn't put him on the list of candidates despite him being quite popular. They are trying to, another comment right here says they are trying to block him from running because he's black. They can't yell racism. What a beautiful man Larry Elder is. Not because he is a tall, not because he is tall and dark and handsome, but because the content of his character. May any, or by the probably meant to say many, who read my comment uh, walk in beauty and God may the people who read my comment walk in God's beauty and blessing. Everyone who opposes Larry Elder is just call him a Trump supporter. That's their only argument. I vote for El I'll vote for Elder time and time again to save our state. He is clearly pissed to even be doing this interview. His condescending tone is palpable. Somebody really thinks a lot of himself. Arrogance will bring him down swiftly. What a fucking scrawny cunt. <laughs> Thanks, D. <laughs> Couldn't agree with your comment more. Newsom threatened treat California as a stepping stone to a presidential run, and now he's indignant about being called out for doing a shit job. He can't even hold a candle to Larry Elder's intellect. 
What a fraud. Worst governor ever. The place is still on fire and homeless bums shit all over. Funny how the journalist let Gavin Newsom off the hook by not pressing him on the French laundry debacle. That's a cornerstone issue of led by example. Yeah, no shit. Red pill, black pill, propaganda from the media. It will never change. Just watch the Sec B interview of Larry Elder. Newsom looks like a rambling fool in comparison. Newsom, you are so full of shit. Newsom, Pelosi, all these people are faces of complete... Of the complete antichrist hypocrisy? Leave God's creation alone. You will answer for your insolence using 99 plus survival rate to violate people's God-given rights. Liberties and individuals is evil and is against the will of God. Lord, okay, I'm not reading this dude's whole thing. He's quoting Bible. I mean, that's cool. This is a lot of read, and, you know, I, 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 it's not that I don't not believe in God, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think God's paying attention to this shit right now. I'm not into politics, but fuck this guy. This guy is completely detached from reality. What a narcissist. His arrogance is mind-boggling. California is literally burning down to the fucking ground. Like, in, like, Nero, he just fiddles. He's right. The consequence will be detrimental to his Aunt Pelosi. Those are just some of the comments. Our policies on climate, they don't like our approach across the spectrum. And so um, they're very honest about their point of view. Um, and I, I think uh, the pandemic created conditions, some more situational, some uh, you know, more existential. Uh, as the nation was grappling with approaches, no playbook, uh, we all moved, every state, every state moved in some way, shape, or form to physical distancing, social distancing. The, the real debate was, do face coverings work? If they do, what type? All of us were learning what respirator mask was, what's an N95 versus a surgical procedure mask, PPP versus PPE, PUA. Uh, all of that being adjudicated in real time. Um, what is interesting about that is when Dr. Fauci said no one should be wearing a mask, a lot of Republicans were like, get a mask, wear the mask, you need to wear a mask. I remember early on getting yelled at for not wearing a mask by a guy in a MAGA hat. This was like January 2020? Like early, early on, like it was a new thing and Fauci was like, yeah, there's no reason anybody should be walking around wearing a mask. Masks don't, they might stop a droplet, maybe one droplet, but, but not enough to really be effective. Right. Then, when uh, Fauci said, wear a mask, the Republicans immediately were like, no, fuck that, I'm not wearing a mask. And then the liberals went fucking crazy with the mask. And then, but at the time when we were like, just figure out what it was, you know, the idea of a mask mandate was like, out was like insane. People on the left and the right were like, you can't do that. And then one that was the right, you know, a lot of these Republican leaders who were saying you should probably be wearing a mask, they weren't making it a mandate. They weren't even really pushing the subject. They were like, you should probably wear one if you're worried about getting sick 
Or, you know, if you're that worried about getting sick, you don't want to wear masks, stay home or go on public and run the chance of catching the coronavirus. You don't know anything about it yet. But then when the shoe was on the other foot, man, the Democrats went full fascist on that shit. So hard. Or Fauchist. Fauchist from the Church of Fauchism of the Latter-day Saint, St. Fauchant. It was insane, the, the, the way the shoe switched from one foot to the other on that, on that subject. And uh, we had to work through it. And it created an environment where it was cause and effect and a lot of raw emotion across the spectrum, across the country from both political uh, parties and ideological points of view. And, and so you had that in a recall environment and you have a, a judge who, uh, forgive me, I think has a bit of a bias. Um, and uh, he gave them a little more time. You have a network where they uh, spent a lot of time uh, educating their voters on this opportunity. And I'm not talking about Fox, One American News and Newsmax and others. You look at Media Matters, their assessment of how many uh, segments in Fox alone, though, they did do in, in November, December, January. And my new Gingrich got enthusiastic why the Huck Pack is so involved in this campaign. And yeah, and all those conditions and yeah, self-inflicted that you referenced, uh, it's a toxic mess. Thank you, hey, you just hit him with this big fucking uh, an awkward white toothy smile and he's like sketching his face and going <laughs> Yeah. That judge did not have a bias. He said we shouldn't go around mandating people to wear masks and shit until we know for certain which masks are and are not effective. And in the end, the judge overturned that shit and was like, I I renege on what I said. We need a mask mandate ASAP. So was he really biased, or did he say, let's wait for the science? And the science was kind of, you know, whatever Fauci said. And again, Fauci's played both sides of the coin now, hasn't he? Technically speaking, Fauci has been the most correct or the most incorrect, depending on, and you can say that fairly on both sides of the political compass, because he's gone back and forth between, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't, you should need to get vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated, vaccines should be mandated, they need to be mandated. Like, he's played both sides of the coin pretty consistently. Governor, our next question will be asked by Garth Stapley. Hey, Governor, I'm Garth Stapley, uh, opinion editor at Modesto B. Thank you for taking our questions. Our economy, as you know well here in the Central Valley, really depends heavily on agriculture. And we've got to have uh, access to water and rivers, such as the Stanislaus, the Tuolumne, the Merced, and the San Joaquin. California's water wars threaten those irrigation sources. And it's pretty evident that you uh, favor voluntary agreements, but um, you seem sort of reluctant to use your influence to advance the voluntary, the voluntary agreements, and that would bring an end to the standoff. Why, why is that? Oh, you need to watch this interview, man. Because he went from smiling that grin I was just talking about to glaring at his camera, pursed lips. He's very fidgety in this interview. Like, he's very squirmy. You'll notice that. He rocks in his chair. He swivels back and forth. He plays with his nose a lot. And I mean, me, you'll hear me go a lot because, you know, the house I'm in right now doesn't have a humidifier on it. And it gets dry in this place very quickly. That and I may or may not have a, and this is allegedly for legal reasons, may or may not like booger sugar. So, you know, I'm a little tired right now. Oh, baby, I'm back. Well, God, I completely reject that point of view um, <laughs> on the basis of the work that I have personally done to advance the VAs. 
been a vocal advocate and consistent, steadfast, including Garth today. Uh, and I look forward to making an announcement very shortly on the subject. Give us a preview. What's the, what's the announcement? We're working, to, we're working with the parties. We've been very active in negotiations. Um, and we're looking forward to um, shining more light on the progress of those negotiations, which we haven't wavered from or walked away from. Uh, throughout this pandemic i'm very committed to it when you he said absolutely nothing about what the plan involves or will do or is doing he said i i worked very hard on these plans and i look forward to making an announcement can you give us a preview i worked very hard on these plans i look forward to making an announcement you suppose that that could happen very soon but fuck give you a preview my man governor our next uh Question will be from Stephanie Anupkin. I'm the opinion editor at the Tribune in San Luis Obispo, and my question deals with energy. In my area, you've been both credited and blamed for playing a key role in the closure of the Apple Canyon. And now some supporters of nuclear power are insisting there's no way California can meet its clean energy goals without the Apple Canyon. Is California truly on track to generate enough clean energy to close the APLO and meet those goals? We're not on track, but we're getting back on track. We're no, we're not on track. We're getting back on track. His face is so red, man. Holy shit, I got to turn up the quality because it looks like his eyes are turning just demonic. Ah, that's highest quality. Wow, Sacramento B, 720? 720 is your highest on your videos? What the fuck? My Rumble videos go up to higher quality than that. What the fuck, man? Man, he's so fucking angry. He kind of looks like, uh, 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 what's his name? The Monster Kid. He looks like the Monster Kid all grayed out. We're fast-tracking our efforts. Uh, we are resolved to provide the adequate energy uh, to transition 2026. Diablo, you know, the PUC made announcements a few weeks ago in terms of their procurement goals. And forgive me, the number escapes me 11 plus thousand megawatts. Uh -huh. I believe it was plus or minus. Uh, I worked hard over the last year plus uh, with the Trump administration, please, uh, with the work we were able to accomplish together with the Department of Defense and the Biden administration with the announcement with the offshore wind deal um, over four plus megawatts, or excuse me, gigawatts of offshore. One, opportunities there, 399 square mile agreement with the state of California. Uh, we look forward to using the infrastructure of Diablo Canyon uh, to help advance uh, our offshore wind goals and advance our long-term low carbon green growth goals. Uh, I am very mindful that we need to do more, not only in terms of addressing the energy needs specific to that nuclear plant, uh, but more broadly to reach our audacious goals. And we're not simply on track to do that. Well, at least you're admitting that that's a shortcoming that you're working on. You know, I don't know if you're actually working on it or if you'll have the time to get it done with everything going on. Your ass being kicked out of office. And I'm saying right now with full certainty, his ass is out, right? Like, I, I have a hard time believing that he's sticking around. Like, Jen, you have a very hard time believing that shit. But anyway... There's no such thing as clean energy. There's not. That's just a myth. Windmills. Just, just here. I'll give you a quick rundown on this. 
Uh, Thoughty2 has a great video on this, actually, where he breaks it down quite well. I love Thoughty2's channel. Uh, I believe Exuba has one on it, and I want to say Up Is Not Jump has a video on, on this subject as well, but I'm not sure. Maybe his, it's just more of a broad climate change video. Anyway, the thing about, let, let's go with windmills, right? Windmills, they require wind to move, but not just that. They have certain ones that have motors in them. Those motors are fueled by oil, crude, you know, that harmful, evil thing that we need to quit using that's actually a natural resource made up of, de like, uh, decomposition thousands and thousands of miles beneath the Earth's surface. Oil. It's one of the most natural, organic things we fucking have. And a big BP spill that my generation saw growing up on TV shocked the whole world. Yeah, that's what happens when a boat fucking runs aground and rips open. That's what happens. Second, it requires oil to lubricate the spinning propeller. Not only that, it is a graveyard for birds. It's the saddest shit you've ever seen. If you're a bird lover, it's sad. I don't think we got it last when I see a bird fly into a fucking window. And I laugh my ass off. That's the funniest fucking shit to me you can ever imagine. I'll, I'll cackle like a goddamn jester, right? A hyena. I just, I just find that shit so funny, right? After all, it doesn't matter. Birds work for the bourgeoisie, don't you know? They don't exist. They're not real. <laughs> anyway. Not only are they likely the cause of, like, four different species going extinct, I believe. They are also a huge waste of time. They estimate take somewhere between 15 to 20 years to pay themselves off with energy production. And that's just windmills, man. Look what happened, at, look what happened in Texas. These emergency energy sources failed Texas completely. They did not work. And Texas lost power for like two and a half weeks when that snowstorm hit. Like, hardcore. The Biden administration did not respond to dick when that happened at all. They just sat back like, oh, well, that's a, that sucks. Oops. I remember people being like, oh, that's what they get for voting for Trump. Anyway, you have solar panels, man. Solar panels have to be replaced about every 10 years, and they take about anywhere between 10 to 15 years to pay themselves off. They also don't make energy very well. That's why you need tens and tens and tens of them. One building with, like, two floors will either have, like, a roof and some on the ground, or they'll just have a field of solar panels behind them where you have to take into account they had to cut plants out to do that. This green energy had to be cut down. Not to mention, they also do deforestation to put windmills in as well. Solar panels also have this liquid in this like radioactive magnetic liquid that when it seeps into the ground, it kills everything around it for like a three foot radius outside of the outside of the leak. And we have no good ways to get rid of these uh, solar arrays when they break down. We have no good means to get rid of them. That's like the lithium battery or those ionic batteries. We They're very effective while they're in use, but when they die and need to be replaced, we have no effective means in which to get rid of them. The best we've come up with is either launch them into space or throw them in the ocean and hoping that doesn't bite us in the ass later. Not kidding. That's legit what we've fucking done with them. Right, and then hydropower, yeah, hydropower tends to work out pretty well, but the thing is you need to be close and not need much energy. Hydropower could probably f uh, power, like, a, a one-bedroom house, like a, like a ranch-style home. 
That's what it's called, a rent-cell home, like on a slab, no basement. Hydropower, depending on the size of your turbine or your turbonic motor, could possibly work pretty well. But once you get to anything bigger, you're fucked. Actually, weirdly enough, a uh, great movie. Uh, I can't remember. It's like uh, Beverly Shipwrecked or something. It's an old Disney movie where uh, uh, she's like a TV cook personality and her husband's a scientist. Their ship crashes and they're uh, mar- marooned on some little island. He builds like a, a hydropower plant. He explains how it's very limited power in that movie. It's, it's a good movie. It's one of their direct-to-home uh, video, though. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure with that plot synopsis, you can find it. Nuclear energy is one of the most renewable and reliable energy sources we've ever fucking found. The issue with that is we don't know really what to do with the uh, leftover burnt-out material. Now, yes, there are companies that make depleted uranium rounds, and they take depleted and burnt-out uranium and make it into a bullet, which those things are fucking terrifying. They melt tanks. One bullet about the size of an AK casing can fire through an entire tank and melt everything around it. Terrifying. Fucking terrifying. Now, that's very rare. They're, I think they're banned by the Geneva Convention recently or some shit. Like, there's some ban on them. Maybe it's just an American ban on them, but I know they're still being made in different parts of the world. Like, Russia uses them for specific uses. Like, shooting out planes out of Ukraine. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, wait, that didn't happen. Uh, Russia didn't shoot down any Ukrainian planes a couple years back. What am I talking about? I'm goofy. Anyway. My, my point being is there's no such thing as clean, renewable energy. That's just a lie. What we have now works very fine. And the idea that it doesn't work is bullshit. If you look at uh, global warming charts and patterns... It's kind of the Joe Rogan experience, who's a, like a climatologist or whatever the fuck the term is for somebody who does nothing but examining the influxes and outbursts of global warming and shit and global cooling and shit. There's a pattern. It's like a thousand-year cycle. It's like a thousand to two thousand-year cycle of heating and cooling that repeats itself over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And we're actually lower right now than previous rises in the past. I'm not saying humans don't play any role into it, but our role is like 2% of the overall issue. And a lot of these like eco-friendly cars and shit just really don't make that big of a difference. And in most cases, they actually harm the environment much more. Like uh, like Teslas, right? They're electric vehicles. That electricity is made through burning coal. Yeah. Electricity is made out of burning coal. Look into that shit, princess. See how that sits with you. We've made tremendous progress on vehicle emissions, uh, which has been stubborn and important. The reason I bring up vehicles in particular is twofold. One, the president will be making an announcement uh, lining next week to the work we have actively and aggressively done here in the state of California to raise the bar. Yeah, perhaps it was because of what happened with the Taliban right after this interview went out, but that, that, that press conference never came despite all of the headwinds of the Trump administration in terms of the agreement we set with VW, BMW, and notably Ford Motor Company on the vehicle emission standard. And of course, the work we did uh, against the efforts to roll back uh, our waiver and our other rights that are well established. But for another reason, That's in the, video. the one area that we've struggled in the last few years in terms of decarbonization 
is in transportation sector. And for us, in order to achieve our audacious goals, we have to do better and more in transportation, which as you know, represents over 50% when you consider extraction, not just emissions, but the transportation sector all in represents over 50% of those emissions. So we are hitting on all cylinders, including battery storage. If I was here with you last year, we had about 200 megawatts of battery storage. As I sit with you today, we have a thousand megawatts of storage. And if we reconvene, win or lose this uh, recall, we hope late September, why don't we call it October, November, uh, we will be north of 2000 megawatts of battery storage. That's a tenfold increase in roughly a calendar year. That's the kind of audacity we need and investments we need. And we are working pump storage. We were working yesterday on some pump storage opportunities. Uh, we continue to work with our IOUs, PU, uh, uh, with our CCAs and others on new procurement strategies and expectations uh, going forward in terms of our low carbon goals. Uh, so when you're talking about these vehicles that are imported and exported, are they imported and exported on boats? Those massive oil and coal burning things that float on water that are typically used to carry things or those big things with the massive engines that burn an actual dirty version of oil and gasoline called planes. Sounds like not very eco-friendly by your standards to get these vehicles to and from your state. Also, I noticed you only mentioned you mentioned BMW and all these other things, but you only mentioned one American-based company, which is Ford Motor Company. Yes, they have a lot of skeletons in their closet. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I can assure you, uh, we are not going to use the situational challenges of the energy crunch to get in the way of our long-term commitment to transition. And that includes uh, down there in your backyard. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Our next question is from Tad Weber. Hi, Governor. Nice to see you again. This is Tad Weber, the team editor of Fresno B. So I get the housing question for you today. So when you can you get like uh either change the depth of range on your microphone or get like a spit guard on that bitch because you're so muffled. Campaign for governor, you said you'd oversee construction of 3.5 million new homes by 2025. So far under your governorship, if my research is right, uh less than 100,000 homes annually have been built. <laughs> so that's fact one. Fact two, in May... I love and I love how he ends up with saying, that's fact one, and in fact two, Newsom is just, he goes from like smiling, like, oh yeah, this guy, I've talked to him again, I've talked to him before, this is great, to just glaring again. The median home, He must suck at poker. Home price for California, median price rose above 800,000. So, here's the questions. What specifically are you doing to increase housing production today? And why should a young couple starting out or a young family looking to put down roots believe you can make a difference for them? And I say this with respect, uh, Ted, um, the, the facts that were asserted in fact one uh, need some uh, reconsideration. Um, I said, <laughs> oh, you need to watch this man. Cause he's like, he needs some reconsideration. And he like smiles. He's like, got his teeth gritted. He's like glaring with his eyes. He's like, huh. and he goes into, it. he's so smarmy. He's so 
fucking smarmy. Oh my god. And I can you can just tell this motherfucker does not want to be here. He exudes narcissism. It's insane. Oh man. Dude, you have pinned the blame on a bunch of people, and I, you have taken responsibility for some shit too. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, the buck stops with you, and you've passed the fucking, uh, what's it called? Passing the, uh, I can't remember. But you kicked the can into the past administrations a few times already. You blamed Trump for some shit that happened in your state under your watch and then refused his help for. You goof. And the vegetation management on federal property. In fact, half the federal, uh, half our uh, budget has been invested in that space. But we can't keep doing that. And we need to see the Biden administration step up with additional resources. And they have that opportunity. On the vegetation management forest management, we need to be more active. We've got to own that. I can't own it over the last 30 years, but blame me since I got an elected office. That as a county supervisor, I didn't talk about this enough. As mayor, lieutenant governor, and governor, I get it. I own it. So we need to do more. And you've seen my budget reflected. $2.2 billion, all hazards, incremental increase budget this year. One and a half billion just on forest management, vegetation management. I know it's not enough, but it's unprecedented state's history. I didn't just wake up for this. We've been doing it. The first meeting I had was around vegetation management as governor. You may recall the day I got sworn in. Next day, I was up there at that Colfax site announcing an executive order, waiving environmental war, and fast-tracking these projects. I'm committed to this. Final point. Tomorrow, we'll be asking the Biden administration specific things, access to more contracted DC-10s, access to more technology, including more permanent access to satellite technology to the Pentagon. We're asking for more Forest Service personnel, 5,000. I'm previewing it. Uh, we're asking that the U.S. Forest Service get paid more, but here's the final point, and here's the substantive answer to your question. And we're asking the U.S. Forest Service get more serious about fire suppression. And I say that because the Tamarack fire, which I visited yesterday with Governor Sislak, where you guys let me out of the state for the first time in two years. And I was with Governor Sislak, and we both expressed public frustration, not private, that this fire could have been suppressed before it became a 68,000 acre fire. It was under federal land, wasn't under his jurisdiction or mine. U.S. Forest Service has a different approach to suppression, and we're gonna bring that up with President tomorrow. And that's a tough conversation to have. I love those guys, we all love the U.S. Forest Service. They've had a cultural difference of approach. In many of these larger scale fires, the vast majority are initiated on federal forest lands. And then they become joint incident commands. And I get it, I'm tattooed with every damn one on my own. We all do though, ultimately in terms of the healthcare costs, of direct lives and property damage and your inability to get reinsured and or see your insurance rates go up and your deductible go up. So we gotta get more aggressive. And that's also going to be part of the conversation. So better suppression strategies, better strategies in terms of technology, no substitutes for hand crews, boots on the ground, canopy work, and all the hard work that we'll continue to do. But this is stubborn. 480,000 acres of burned year to date. Last year it was, I think, 130,000. Every day it changes. You do the math, it's four times worse this year than it was last year a record year. We've had 5,600 plus fires, Dixie, 221,000 acres. When I woke up this morning, 91 plus 100, 9,600 personnel already out there fighting these damn fires. And it's just July. 
Marcos, can I do a quick follow on this? Sure. Huh? Yes. Oh, thank you. Governor, do you know what my dad <laughs> used to do for a living? Don't tell me he, U.S. Forest Service. He was deputy chief of the U.S. Forest Service for research. Jesus, I should have researched your family, Jack. Sorry. Well, you look, you know, no harm, no foul. But you're right. There is a culture there. And um, you're very right to bring that up. We saw a very interesting op-ed that came in the other day, and this is very quick. Uh, somebody wrote uh, about using the C-117 Starlifter and essentially developing a fleet of those. Is that something you're going to bring up with the president? Yeah, we're not bringing up. We brought it up internally with Porter, with Giladucci and the team. Uh, so, Jack, I, I don't know. No one noticed. I didn't see it written about. There's other things that seem to be more interesting. But we announced with the Moore Foundation, which is a big deal, the Moore Foundation's involvement. Uh, and the XPRIZE Foundation, our desire to do an XPRIZE on early fatherhood technologies and, um, and um, suppression, because we're looking for a lot of stubborn issues, and I'm at my own risk by bringing up EDD. I've reached out to the private sector, Code for America folks, a lot of my fancy folks in Silicon Valley for outside-the-box thinking, including on new technologies and fire suppression. Uh, are there, there are ways to get used drones or the LIDAR system, early technologies for early suppression strategies. And that's why we've been investing uh, in some of these new suppression technologies with these these much faster, um, more modest in terms of their suppressing capacity, but faster and quicker uh, uh, technologies along the lines you suggested. Now, we put a record amount of money. I don't think money is our problem. We just have some disagreements about the efficacy of some of the technology. And, and including uh, that technology. So that's what we're working through. But, uh, you know, I want to put everything we've got. And we, we're looking, you know, we'll be asking, I don't know if you guys know this, the 747 that you've seen up there last few years, that company went out of business. That's grounded. We're looking to potentially buy that. I'm going to ask Biden to buy it for us. It's your money both ways, no matter. Uh, if he can't, we'll see if we can find some private uh, sector. Damn, yeah. I figure that's something money, some philanthropists right? like to do because it's fancy and they can point to their philanthropy. Um, but it gives you a sense of the fact that we're looking to procure whatever technology and aerial fleet we can. We have the largest civilian aerial fleet in the world, CAL FIRE, and we're building on it every year. Uh, but uh, good people disagree on what we should be investing. Thank you, Governor. Thank you, Governor. The next question is from Tad Weber. Okay, we're going to shift gears, Governor. We're going to talk about crime. So in cities across the state, crime trends have been rising, um, particularly homicides. As of early July, Fresno had more than twice as many homicides this year than in 2020. And shootings here are up 36% year over year. Your critics, as you know well, blame your policies such as early release of it from state prisons as the cause of rising crime. So here's the question. Do you think you've been tough enough on crime? And secondly, do you favor reform-minded DAs like George Gaston in LA County or more traditional law and order prosecutors like Marilyn Schubert in Sacramento County? Dad, I imagine your team, when that critique was launched, I asked them, why those crime rates in California are similar to those crime rates in all those Republican states that didn't do early release. I'm just curious that response. 
Uh, I think it's interesting. You got a Republican former police chief, Republican mayor in Fresno, and you're experiencing a big increase in crime. You got a tough DA. And don't even talk to me about your sheriff. And yet you're seeing a big increase in crime. So I think we can move past all the BS in this space, have a real honest conversation, not politicize it like the entire news network is doing, Jim folks up so they can win the 2022 election, which of course they'd be advantaged if they can recall the governor in California in 2021. I'm very, very committed to addressing the issue of crime and violence. You couldn't run for mayor, get reelected for mayor, or be a halfway damn good mayor if you didn't care about that. Don't ever confuse me with the defund police movement. Hell, I was the first mayor in, Cal in San Francisco history that actually met our statutory requirement of 1933 or 1973 police officer. Okay, so that point is actually a hundred and that's hundred percent true. Uh, right when the defund the police movement was really kicking off, Newsom came out and he was like, "I'm not doing that. That is not happening." And he actually increased the funding for the police department. See, I'm not just gonna bash him on shit. And things that I do know to be true, I'm gonna speak out and say, "Like, hey, I know he's telling the truth on that." He did increase the police funding, and he did get a lot of back backlash for it. He also said we owe a lot to our men and women in arm in the armed forces and in the blue uniforms as well. So he is right about that point. There is nothing he just said that's incorrect, but I did cut him off halfway through to say this part. He is right. He 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 did stand in for the police, so I'll give him that. Same time, I'm for reform, and I've making I made no bones about that, and I'm very proud of this state. As we've reformed the criminal justice system, we have seen a significant decline in gun violence and gun-related deaths. Not despite those policies, but because of them. I imagine those fancy folks that were spewing off, they'd have a hell of a hard time explaining that. What the hell the California did a decade plus ago in 1993, decades ago, when we were the number three, number three, state in terms of gun deaths then we dropped to seventh lowest from the seventh highest as we got serious about gun safety and criminal justice reform so we can do both and so for me i'm not going to get trapped into that old you know it's this way or that way that said i'm very concerned about these trends i'm very concerned about the fact that you had as many people get an fbi background check 39.7 million people as there are Californians last year in the U.S. I'm very concerned about guns in this state. I'm concerned about these radical judges. No other way to describe stone-cold radical judges that are trying to overrule our gun safety laws, particularly as it relates to weapons of war. Okay, so I I have a, my spidey senses are telling me he's going to go into an assault rifle conversation and an assault weapons conversation here soon. Yeah. Uh, when was that? Hold on. That was earlier in 2020, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, don't make me fucking sign up. I'm not doing it. Court of Appeals, right here.
Not assault weapons ban. It's not. Oh just- yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, about that. Appeals court blocks federal judges' ruling to overturn California's assault weapon ban. U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has blocked a federal judge's ruling overturning the longtime ban on assault weapons, in which he likened the AR-15 to a Swiss Army knife. Which is, and again, if you talk to these Democrats, they won't be able to tell you. You ask them what an assault weapon is, they'll say it's a machine gun. Machine guns are banned in every state across the country, sadly. So, you can find this whole article on Washington Post. Yeah, that didn't get passed. The judge overturned it, and it went bye-bye, like a day later. Yeah, put right back where it was. Just about the law, it's about the culture, the attitudes, and the permissiveness that that sends, the message that sends. So we're going to fight hard against all those folks. Those are the folks behind the recall, by the way. Yeah, no? yeah people who actually realize the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. Real villains here. Second off, I like how you just didn't mention that, yes, a judge overturned it. And then it immediately got overturned. His overturning got overturned. Again, making that shit go right back to the status quo of California. I like how you deceptively did not mention that. That's part of their list of grievances with me. Same time, you got to own what's happening on the streets. And that's why I was out there with your mayor, your police chief, last week on Zoom. Police chiefs in cities all across the state, Democrat-led cities, Republican-led cities, Announcing our commitment, we had a wonderful meeting about these crime trends, not just homicides and gun violence, but retail thefts and what's happening uh, with some of these assaults, hate crimes, some of the car issues. And we announced a new joint task force on retail theft. I didn't wait to sign a bill on that. We included in our budget in May enhancements for those joint task force. We have multiple joint task force with the CHP in the cities and counties. And I really want to applaud your mayor, your police chief in Fresno, and mayors and chiefs up and down this state that are pragmatists and want to get things done in the spirit of partnership with the state. And the state is leaning in and being helpful. And, uh, and, and Mark me as someone very committed, at the same time concerned about what's happening in gun violence in our state and, and a deep sense of responsibility to work with these mayors as a former mayor to do what I can to have their backs to address this. And also, as I said, Dad, in a press conference last week, please take a look at it in my comments to hold folks to account. I am not one of those people that think you can smash someone's window or knock over some grandma and somehow have a slap on the wrist. I don't buy that. At the same time, I'll take a backseat to nobody in my desire to deal with the hell what the hell's wrong with you that you did that in the first place and try to get under the hood and try to address that issue in a compassionate, thoughtful, and judicious way. But I believe in accountability as well. And so I'm not throwing up my hands and I don't think most folks in the reform movement are either. And I totally reject that people can't do anything about retail theft. I mean, I I didn't go to law school. I wasn't smart enough to go to law school. I couldn't pass the LSAT, but I can read the penal code sections and Forgive me, look them up, 666, Google it right now. 
<laughs> you don't call section. Forgive me. Let me just uh, just do that. Hey, it's a picture of Satan's cock. Thanks, man. If I'm off, but I think it's four, five, nine point five. Those are existing penal code sections. There's probably four or five others where you can charge people. And a lot of these damn DAs out there, Republican DAs, act like they can't do a damn thing because Prop 47. That's not true. Read the penal code sections. They're using many of them from some god-awful excuse. I think there's a little bit of, all I'm suggesting, I get they don't like 57, Governor Brown's reform. They don't like Prop 47, the state's in the voters' reform, Prop 36, the state and the voters' reforms. But there's a lot more tools in the toolkit that I think that some of these people are leading you to believe. And I uh, with the voter reform, man, asking people, look, I've talked about this on other podcast episodes. I'm getting kind of tired of having to talk about it. So these states, the voter reform that they're fighting against includes things like Tightening up extended voting hours, restricting who is eligible for voting by mail, requiring you to show state I- uh, state ID or some sort of identification card. <laughs> and what happened leading to the coronavirus phase of the election in 2020, you saw a lot of voting shit made super easy. Like, you could drop your ballot off at grocery stores you could have them mailed in through just regular posting and the difference between absentee ballots and mail-in ballots is absentee ballots you need to request you need to show identification to get you need to send a copy of your id along with them when you request it be it requesting through online means or old school means by sending them a letter where you ask for it but in 2020, they lit they lifted all sorts of restrictions and made it super easy to vote to the point where it caused mass fear of cheating. And before Biden won, you had Democrats saying, "Oh no, this could be really bad. They Republicans could cheat and win the election." And then when the Republicans lost the election, Democrats magically quit talking and worrying about it being fraudulent. I think we have some responsibility, members of the press and those in positions like mine to start raising that awareness as well and to remind them of the tools they do have to hold people more accountable, not what they don't have, which seems to be the only thing they focus on. All right, we're coming to the end, but let's uh, let's have a question from Stephanie Finucane. He's so angry. Governor, California has- He's like biting his fingers and shit, fidgeting with his suit, rubbing his face and shit every couple seconds. He goes from, like, smiling to just glaring at the fucking camera. Nature's highest housing costs, highest gasoline prices, and highest utilities. Wage growth has been spectacular in the Silicon Valley, but not so much for areas along the coast and in some inland areas. In a very real sense, the California dream is more like a mirage for people grinding it out day after day. How do you make the case that you, as governor, can deliver the California dream to all Californians? Well, let's talk about what we also are number one in, Stephanie. And guys, forgive me, I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot from you folks. 
for a lot of months. He just like this angry little little finger waving gesture at him. So it's nice to be able to express myself too. But I do it with deep pride in this state as a Californian, not as a, I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks, could happen in a few years. I love this damn state. We're number one in job creation, 10th of the American economy, 559,000 jobs. Eat your heart out, Texas, Florida. Zippo currently has California at 21st for job growth, actually underneath and behind Texas and Florida. Fun fact. And when it comes to taxes, again, you guys may have low, like, homeowning tax, but your state income tax is super fucking high. And you have all sorts of other taxes that are exclusive to your state. There's an actual air tax in your state. Only California could you tax the fucking air. We're number one in the Bloomberg Index of innovation and entrepreneurialism. We dominated yet again in venture capital. And that's not just... And the thing about that is Bloomberg has routine... Okay, just I'll give you an example. In the Bloomberg report, owned by Mike Bloomberg, Democratic super candidate, supposedly... He wrote about how the Hillary Clinton emails are not real, and this is a talking point, and then it came out, oh yeah, these emails are very real, and the contents of them were very disturbing, because some of them were actually retrieved somehow. So again, you cannot trust Bloomberg. I don't use Bloomberg for jack shit, specifically because of how low their bias rating is. Just for fancy folks in Silicon Valley. That's pushing out the boundary of discovery and opportunity, innovation, that advantages each and every one of us. 53% nation's venture capital. Over 100 damn IPOs year to date in this state. 80 plus billion dollar budget surplus. 80 plus billion. Not that 76 billion. We had another 3.9 billion dollars in new cash. We had better health outcomes in Florida and Texas and better economic outcomes. Our economy contracted at a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class uh, Californians. Look that up. That's a fact. You are cherry-picking, though. I'll notice you didn't go out of your way to specify which taxes are they're paying less on. I, I noticed that. I wonder why that is. I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. Because I care about working folks. That's a fact. I'm also proud of the fact that this state has almost tripled its earned income tax credit to allow working families to keep more with their earned. I'm proud of the fact that three quarters of tax filers are getting a tax rebate, the largest in American history, $12 billion. I'm proud of the fact that small businesses are getting $4 billion in grants, not loans. I'm proud of the fact we're paying 100% of back rent, 100% going back to April last year, 100% through September 30th this year, 100% of your back utilities and back water bills, because you're right. Those bills have stacked up. I'm proud of the fact, you didn't mention it, Stephanie, that most electric bills are lower in the state, even though our per unit costs are higher, which you're right to note. But you didn't mention the bills, which are lower because of our energy efficiency and our low-carbon green growth plants. I like how he's doing the teeter-totter method, where he's like, you're right, but taxes have gone down, the living costs have gone up. Electricity bills have gone down, though the taxes on them have gone up. You're just goofy. This went down in cost, but this other thing went up in cost, as you're right to note. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have the back of working families 
and we're focused on workforce housing in the middle class. I'm proud of the fact that poverty was declining consistently before the pandemic. Not a lot of headlines about that. And let me close on this because this is important because we don't talk. That's something. Yeah, that's something else I want to touch on. Democrats are so quick to attack Trump. Like, look how bad the economy was when he left office. But they never address how bad the economy is in their state. And he actually touched on something very important. I will give him credit for it. He said, our economy was doing great before the fucking uh, pandemic came along and destroyed everything. But he will not afford the same excuse to the Republican administration. Talk enough about blue-collar jobs. You referenced it. You look at the next top 10 states. I know you're going to politifact this, and I know you're going to find something and you're going to run with it. Yeah, I look forward right. to seeing what I screwed up. It's all the top of my damn head. So I'll stipulate that. But I think you look at the next 10 states, the next highest 10 manufacturing states, blue-collar, American, backbone, <laughs> factory states, the last five years, our GDP growth is 13% in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California, dominating all those other damn states. I care about egg like the best of them. Man, Tad Garth, I've been in back. I, hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed to get broadband to every one of his damn constituents. I was there in Fresno and near Bakersfield with those same Republicans that wanted to cut Medicaid for all those people expanding it to those same constituents in their backyard. I've been in the Central Valley, not for symbolism substance. I care deeply about the Valley. I'm there on a weekly basis. So, again, I, I touched on this earlier. The reason you keep hearing the banging noise and his audio getting weird is because he's smacking his desk angry as fuck. On top of all this, dude, we already touched on it. If you cared so much about it, why did you leave the only pl only places exempt from your lockdown were places where your winery worked? You told people to not use as much water and cut back on the cost of and cut back on how much water they had to fifteen percent of their normal use of water, just to go out of your way and water your fucking vineyards. You're a hypocrite who does not care. Making announcements to address these issues. But I'm proud of the fact our ag, our fishing, and our logging industry is bigger than the next five states combined. That's California. It's not, Stephanie, just Silicon Valley. It's that and Silicon Valley. This is not, we're number one in all those categories. It'd be damn nice your if our homegrown teams start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success. And I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive liabilities. And that's why we're trying to address them. But I also think there's a lot to be proud of in this American dream of which there's only one state with its own. And that's the California dream. Forgive me, Stephanie. I think it's still alive and well. Wow, that's where the interview cuts off. I would love to hear what the rest of that interview sounded like because it had to be more to that. But uh, oh yeah, the Larry Elder's one. Yep, I'm not going to go into that one too much. 
with that being done, I'm going to wrap this episode up right now. It is 4.33 in the morning. I've been up since noon yesterday. I'm calling it quits for the day. I got one more episode to record and get out tonight because I actually want to read the articles I already had on the docket to read, but got caught up doing that. These episodes, I don't go in with any pre-planned structure. I pick a topic, and then I go for it. And, you know, some of you who listen pretty consistently, some of those topics I get wrong, and I admit in real time, like, oh, you know what, I fucked that up. That's my bad. I'm so sorry about that. Other times, it's like, I find out some shit that I hadn't intended to, like the Alex Jones episode. That just black-pilled the fuck out of me. You know, sometimes it shows that I'm wrong, or sometimes I don't realize how deep it goes, and I get proven wrong. And that's sort of the cost you do when you go flying by the sweet seat of your pants. But that being said, I appreciate you guys listening. This has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and have a great rest of your day.